Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Passionate about standing up for all Canadians. The Roy Green Show continues. So with a few days left, my message is this. A vote for the Liberal Party is a vote to keep the next government in check. A vote for the Liberal Party is your best bet to make sure that the next government is not a majority government. And the next government is thereby held to account for all voters. As opposed to the last government, I guess. As opposed to the last government, I suppose. There's Kathleen Wynne, the outgoing Premier of Ontario, either waving the white flag or very cleverly uh, starting a brand new last-ditch effort to secure some votes for the party. There's no way they're going to win. None. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they have the same kind of fate that the progressive conservatives had federally in 1993, where they were reduced from a majority government to a caucus of two. Jean Charest and the former mayor of St. John, New Brunswick, Elsie Wayne. Now, she was a fighter. Uh, we do have the premier of Saskatchewan with us, Scott Moe, and uh, delighted to be able to speak with the premier. Mr. Premier, thank you for the time, and uh, I, I want to ask you about Ontario uh, before the end, before we end the interview and the, uh, and the election that's coming up. But if I may start, first of all, we, you and I spoke previously about the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and you had concerns about it being a federal constitutional right to make the decision, and you wondered about whether the, if the Premier of British Columbia ultimately makes the decision on the pipeline, whether we, in fact, have a country. Now we have the country buying the Trans Mountain Pipeline for some $4.5 billion, and the objective we hear from Mr. Morneau and Mr. Trudeau is to sell it. How do you view this development? Well, I, I, it, it's it's quite a development, and I, I wouldn't say it's an unexpected development. As uh, we, you know, we had asked the federal government to do something, and they most certainly have. Um, I hope it works. I, you know, I would first and foremost say that I hope this does work. Ultimately, we want that that infrastructure built because it's not only beneficial for our province, but it's beneficial for the nation of Canada. And so they have uh, done something, and I, I sincerely hope it works. I, I. I am uncertain as to what it changes, as Canada still does have uh, the jurisdiction, as we've said all along. They they could have enforced that jurisdiction or stepped up and filled that space uh, previous with uh, the private sector dollars uh, investing in this pipeline, not public sector or Canadians' dollars investing in this pipeline. Um, but in saying that, I, I hope this does work. Does it take the heat off the interprovincial economic fighting that was starting to develop, certainly there was a lot of negative discourse. I, I think it, it does create a pause where everybody, as I said, it says, well, this is a little bit of a different environment. I, I'm not sure how different. Um, you know, let's see if they can get some shovels in the ground and actually get this infrastructure uh, built. But it, but it does raise some additional questions, and one is you know, how much are Canadians going to be on the, on, the, uh, on, on the paying end for, as well as what type of signal does it send to our, our private investment uh, environment, our, our capital investment environment here in, in the nation of Canada. And we are always 
trying to attract investment capital to our province to add value to the products that we have prior to having them leave the province. And and uh, it does raise the question as to, you know, is this a positive or negative effect on on people looking to invest in our nation? And uh, so, it, you know, it, it maybe it'll it'll uh, solve, uh, you know, the, the the uh the you know the, the the question around the the start of the construction of this pipeline um we'll, we'll have to see the federal government is still going to have to step forward and fill their jurisdiction they're still going to have to consider using every tool that they have they they could have done that previous with the private capital that was available now it's canadians capital on the line so they most certainly have to is it your sense that canada has suffered and maybe is suffering as far as international investment is concerned because of all of the dawdling and the uh, and, and the, the the threats and counter threats that accompany the conclusion or the extension of the pipeline, well, it's not helpful. Yeah. It's not helpful uh, in attracting investment when you don't have a firm um, a regulatory environment that provides uh, certainty for companies and for for industries that are looking to invest in our nation. It, it isn't helpful, and it's compiled on um, some other challenges that we are. Uh, experiencing here in our investment climate in Canada, and that's just our direct competitiveness with uh, other nations around the world. And, and you, you know, the the conversation that we have in our province is we need to remain competitive, um, not just with the United States, but with industries all around the world. We need to ensure that we are communicating with our customers um, not only our economic competitiveness of our products, but also the sustainability of the products that are, are produced in our province. And we are we are stepping up those efforts and those initiatives now so that our our customers all around the world aren't wondering um, whether or not our products are produced in a sustainable fashion or not. Um, they are, and we will be quick to inform them about that. And and uh, But we do need to remain competitive and, and issues or, or imposed carbon taxes, imposed uh, or, or the lack of uh, stepping forward and filling the regulatory role that governments have um, all hurt us from a, from a certainty perspective as well as a competitive perspective. Premier Mo, your counterpart in British Columbia, Mr. Horgan, says this, the decision by the federal government to purchase the extension of the Kinder Morgan pipeline, or the, the, uh, the Trans Mountain pipeline from Kinder Morgan, he says this unties his hands as far as continuing to pursue a non-competition uh, or non-completion, if you will, of the uh, Trans Mountain extension. What do you say? Well, I, I I think it changes. It doesn't change a, a whole lot with respect to this pipeline either. We've always believed the federal government has the jurisdiction to go ahead and and uh, you know approve it, which it's done through the National Energy Board and through the federal government itself. So we've always believed construction should have started, regardless of of who the owner is. And uh, so, although the the Canadian people have bought this pipeline, the existing pipeline are going to build the uh, new pipeline. Um, the, the federal government still has jurisdiction over all aspects of uh, construction of this pipeline. So although the owner has changed, um, we feel the federal government is still is still the regulator, still the approval uh, the approval entity, and they should they should utilize every tool they have with the uh, with the province of British Columbia and the premier of British Columbia to ensure that that actually it actually does start and finish. Premier, let me shift gears here and ask you about the declaration of the tariff on Canadian steel and aluminum by the Trump administration in the United States. It really shouldn't have been a surprise to Canada. I know it's angered a lot of people, and a lot of people are angry today. But it shouldn't have been a surprise because Mr. Trump said the last uh, tariff exclusion was temporary. Did we, uh, did we miss an opportunity to create, um, uh, at least 
forego the uh, the tariffs as South Korea did in, in their negotiations with the United States. Yeah, I'm I'm not privy to the actual negotiations, but it is uh, it is problematic. It's problematic for us in Saskatchewan and other places across. I know Alberta and Camrose is a plant as well. Everest Steel has a plant in Regina and Camrose. And the uh, the problem we now have is is the steel industry is a good example of many of our industries that have operated under, under the North American Free Trade Agreement for the last 25 years or so. Is we we are an integrated economy and products are moving back and forth in the midst of their 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 uh, formulation into an end end use product all the time. And steel steel is a great example where we have Everest Steel in Regina. They recycle most of the cars in Western Canada. They make uh, they they make a, a a steel product out of that that's then shipped down to uh, down to uh, uh, the the west coast of the U.S. where they make a plate steel. It's shipped back up to uh, Camrose, Alberta, where they make pipe. Where that pipe then is shipped down to Texas to put in put into uh, an oil field use or or, or a bridge somewhere um, in in the U.S. So th- it's absolutely an integrated market, and that's just one example. There's 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 many many examples of that. And uh, this the steel the steel tariff that the U.S. has put on it, it did require retaliation from the federal government. They've done that, and we support that. I'll be down in Washington next week meeting with uh, a number of different senators as well as some secretaries. I'll be meeting meeting uh, uh, with Secretary Ross as well, and I will be um, ensuring uh, that they understand the mutual benefit that we have with our integrated economy under the NAFTA deal. It is time for an update of this deal, of this uh, trade agreement, but it's not time for a rewrite or try to move forward without it. What do you expect from the G7 conference? Well, I, I suspect trade will uh, be discussed there, uh, if not uh, formally, uh, for certain informally, and our trade relationship with uh, the number of the uh, the, the, the uh, G7 nations. Um it you know as as we move forward these are some of the leading nations in the world and they will set uh, you know the agenda for for many of the other international conversations uh, that we have but i i hope i hope there's discussions uh, in particular with our north american uh, allies um with respect to ensuring that not only do we have strong countries but we have a strong co- continent when it comes uh you know to our, to our economy and the last question for you, Premier Mo, is uh, your thoughts on the Ontario election. Doug Ford, um, Premier Wynne, saying that she doesn't expect the Liberal Party to actually be victorious on Thursday of next week. Doug Ford has promised no carbon tax and an end to the cap-and-trade deal Ontario's involved in with Quebec and California. And what are your thoughts on, uh, on, on the Ontario election? Well, I agree with Doug Ford uh, with respect to a cap-and-trade uh, and not having a cap-and-trade or a carbon tax uh, system in place because it makes you uncompetitive uh, to a degree and it doesn't work it doesn't reduce emissions and uh, Ontario has uh, many other initiatives that they've put forward some have cost uh, have cost uh, you know Ontarians uh, some some dollars uh, some have some have not as much but they've put forward some great initiatives that actually have had an impact on emissions over the last while uh, so I commend uh, Mr. Ford uh, for that um, with respect to um, uh, the NDP, uh, we've had an NDP government in Saskatchewan for far too many decades, in my opinion, and they've stagnated our economy in, in many ways. And it's been uh, it's only been the last decade that we've been able to start to start to grow our economy, grow our jobs and grow our population. So I, I, I commend Mr. Ford on his stance uh, with respect to some of the costs that just make the industries that are important to Ontarians 
and uh, and the the, the, jo- the resulting jobs from those industries and ensuring that they can remain competitive. Premier, thank you for the time, and thank you for answering questions. I ask you a question, I get an answer. I don't have to ask the same question four or five times in four or five different ways. That's really greatly appreciated. Well, I, I thank you so much, Roy. I, I apologize. I was a little late here today. I, I uh, got home, and I, I actually got... I got we, I got shopping with my wife and I forgot to call in, so I do apologize. I, Listen, have, no, I have no good excuse. No, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for the time. Take care. All the best. Scott Moe is the premier of Saskatchewan. 800-263-2428 is my number, 1-800-263-2428 across Canada. All right, what are your thoughts? What's your opinion on the federal government announcing it's going to spend $4.5 billion to buy the Trans Mountain Pipeline extension from Kinder Morgan. They say they're going to sell it, and no doubt, as Dan McTague said, it's going to be profitable for sale, but who's going to buy? Would you buy a pipeline from Canada now? Given all of the twos and fro's and the fighting over natural resources, would you buy a pipeline from Canada. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you approve of the Trudeau government spending $4.5 billion on the Trans Mountain Extension? Or should Mr. Trudeau have driven it through as he constitutionally is empowered to do as the Prime Minister, but did not? And your thoughts about the tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum lowered on Canada by the Trump administration. one 800 263 24, 28. We'll come back and hear what you have to say.